an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey, y'all, I'm Bevan. And I'm Brittany. Welcome to Be My Neighbor. Our neighborly duties are to provide real-life solutions and practices that elevate and inspire, but also remind us to not take it all too seriously. We're real-life neighbors that quickly learn that you simply cannot do it on your own, living in a competitive and fast-paced environment like New York City. Each week, we invite you into the apartment along with our metaphorical and literal neighbors to share advice on how we get through this thing called life. We don't just share the sugar. We serve up the real tea. From navigating relationships to building a career, we want you to recognize and embrace the best version of you. We want you to know that your crazy is okay. And that you're definitely not alone. Our door is always open. And we want you to know, we've We've got got your back. back. Hey, y'all. Today, we're so excited to welcome someone whose presence we've watched flourish over the years. The blogger, recipe developer, and author behind Erin Lives Whole, Erin Morrissey. Erin started Erin Lives Whole in 2017 as a place to share her own spins on creating healthier, feel-good foods. She has since published two ebooks, Sweet and Simple Six, and just recently, Simply Whole, that profiles recipes that are free of common allergens like gluten and dairy, and some lightened up versions without any specific labels. We love her honest, authentic approach in her stories and posts, and her personal story is one that we could definitely all relate to along with launching from the ground up with a passion for good whole food and baking, of course. You can't forget about the sweets. We maybe should have eaten something before this, Bevan, I think. I'm instantly hungry. (laughs) I know. And we've been looking at your site this whole week and we're like, this is crazy. We're drooling. I've had to go get a snack every single time (laughs) after that. But welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, people are like, I have to avoid your Instagram account if I'm hungry because I cannot go on it. I literally will have to run to the kitchen. That's me. I went upstairs to get a cord for my headphones to fix something. And I was like, uh, do I eat? Uh, I was like, Bevan, go downstairs, <laughs> chill. Well, especially now that we're home all the time. It's like, uh, am I hungry or am I bored? I don't know. I never know. I just want food. <laughs> I've never known. I'm, I'm always confused if I'm hungry, I'm bored, I'm tired, I'm elated. I just, I, I'm unsure. Permanently unsure. Permanently. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we could not be happier to have you. And our producer and his wife connected us to you. And we love how those relationships grow. So this is a real treat for us. Oh, I got, look at that real treat. <laughs> that, that was good. Yeah, that was good. I know it's, it's honestly, I've, I've been connecting on online with her and it just has been, she was like, oh my gosh, my husband has an awesome podcast and you it produces a podcast and you would love it. And it's great to be connected with you too. Yes. We appreciate your honesty so much and all you do. And especially when it comes to Aaron Loves Whole, we love how you talk about the fact that you literally Googled, how do I start a blog? I mean, I think so many of us struggle with getting started with something, especially when we don't have an experience in it. So what really inspired you to just take the leap and try? Yeah. So even going back farther than starting my blog, I actually kind of when I like graduated from high school and I went off to college, I was that girl that literally had absolutely zero clue what she wanted to do with her life. And like, I would see my girlfriends who were like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a teacher. And they felt so dedicated and so passionate about that. And I was like, that's just not me. I just do not have that same passion towards honestly any career in life. And like, I remember being like, is that wrong? Like, I feel like an oddball out here because I feel lost. So yeah. I went, ended up going to school and I just got like a basic PR degree. And I actually mid school, I was at Penn state 
and I had to leave school midway through because I suffered from an eating disorder. So when I left school, my junior year of college, I kind of used that as like, I took a semester off and I took that as like, okay, I really need to refocus on what is important to me in my life. And like, what, what are the things that I really want to do in my life? And let's not just like settle on being a businesswoman because everyone else is telling you to be a businesswoman, right? Uh, which funny now, because I am a businesswoman now, right, but right. it's my own accord. It so, all comes back some, yeah, some exactly. way, shape or form. Exactly. So I just kind of like when I had graduated, I got like a basic job at a big software company and it just was the least fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. And granted, I worked with great people. I had great friends there, but you know, when you wake up and you really don't want to go to work and you aren't enjoying anything that you're doing and you're like, oh my God, this is literally like, I'm literally 22 and this is going to be the next like 40 years of my mm. life. Like there's no way. So I kind of just, there, I have these like side passions and I lo always loved cooking and I always loved baking and it wasn't always super healthy. Um, just growing up, I, I really was not into like healthy eating at all growing up, just like the standard American diet. So my mom would try to like, we had vegetables and casseroles and... But it's not well, good. It's not like real wholesome food. No, there was no almond flour at my, at my family table. Right. Um, yeah. Growing up yeah. Italian, it's the same thing, especially living in quarantine. I know a lot of people that have talked about this and the way they eat versus their adult lives and eating and things like that yeah. as they grew up. But sorry, go yep. ahead. No, absolutely. So even just like, I just kind of like started dabbling in like making healthier baked goods. And I, I was a huge blog reader in general, just like, I don't know why. I just always remember sitting on my, on my couch with my iPad being like tuned into all these bloggers and like a lot, some mommy bloggers. And just, it was always so fascinating to me because it was also like, they were sharing recipes, but they were also sharing like bits and pieces of their lives. And you know how we all have that, like those people on Instagram where we watch and we're like, I can't stop watching her stories or mm -hmm. I can't stop like looking at her stuff because I feel like I know her kind of. Yeah. That's, it's, it's weird, but it's like, you feel connected to that person. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. know them, you think you know them. And then you, if you ever met them, you'd be like, oh, hi. Like, <laughs> I stopped somebody I in the street you, once. I know what you did yesterday. You stopped someone on the street once? Yeah. It was so creepy. I was like, I just really appreciate what you do. I love that. She was really sweet. Yes. Cup of Joe. Yeah. So I just like started... From there, I just kind of was like, you know what? Like I, I've always loved cooking and baking. And, and I've, when I went through the eating disorder, like I had to really teach myself how to love food again. And I used it as a healing tool. So like I would cook meals for my family. I was, I was 20 at the time that I was going through it. So I had actually moved back home with my parents. We kind of used it as a tool together. So like they really helped me. They were really involved. And we would sit down to meals together. And without being like overly crazy, like I think that a lot of the stuff on Aaron Lives Whole in general none of it's like diet food at all. It's just like making things more nutrient dense. So like mm. adding in using different oils or adding in different types of flowers and stuff. And it's just not, it's not deprivation. It's more of just like using different ingredients. Yeah. It's just smarter. Yes. And it makes you feel better. I feel yeah. Like. Yeah. And Can I still eat all that other stuff. I mean, obviously after years of going through treatment and stuff like now, I mean, I live with my fiance and he's a six foot tall, 200 some pound man. And like, he wants pizza on Friday. So we're getting pizza on Friday. <laughs> we, was, we, we were, were curious. <laughs> yeah. We were like, you know, how does, does Aaron stick to this? Like how, you know, we've seen some stories, but we're like, is she eating that always? Like, what is, how do you balance that? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, it is great. First of all, having Tom, because he is like, he's my number one taste tester, but no, everything that goes on my website is either I eat it or it's, it's we eat half of it and save it in our freezer or we give it to neighbors. Like for example, I made, I've been trying to perfect a cinnamon roll recipe for the holidays. 
and I made them four times in the last two days. What so I would give to be your neighbor. <laughs> 48 cinnamon rolls. I'm like, what do Seriously. I do? So I'm like, I'm like, I like knock on the door. I'm like, hi guys, I have some cinnamon rolls. These were, these were version two. So they didn't win the final recipe, but I think they're still good. They're, they're not like throw outable. So <laughs> Bevan, could you imagine? No, I'd be I so Bevin- ecstatic. I, I gave her beauty products. I mean, I was, was really uh, nice. food is really, I mean, it would take me up a whole nother level. That, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm winning neighbor of the year right yeah, now. Yeah, you are. You really yes. are. So it must, it also is probably really nice to have, you know, a fiance that isn't maybe, you know, he's more drawn, not more drawn, but he still is connected to like pizza and things like that. So you're testing these foods on somebody who actually has a palate that is a little bit more average. Absolutely. And that's the thing I say, I can tell right away when he tries something, if it's like, like I made something the other week and he was like, this tastes healthy. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to put it on because I don't want it to taste healthy. I want it to taste like that indulgent, whatever it was like some sort of muffin. And I was like, I want it to taste like a bakery muffin, not a healthy muffin. Yeah. So I had to like revamp it. So he definitely keeps me in check there. And just in general, like that also goes two ways because I think that for a long time before I had met him, I was really struggling in my own mindset, just being like, I have to eat healthy all the time. And and on the other side of that too, he's kept me very like grounded and been like, all right, no, like we need to live our lives and act in the most like, um, I don't want, I hate the word normal, but just like doing things on like a regular, what regular people do on a Friday night or Saturday night. Or- yeah. Not totally. being fearful of, of having a piece of pizza on a, a Friday night. Pizza. Exactly. So pizza speaking of that, can we ask you a few questions? You know, you have been so honest about and authentic about your eating disorder and your relationship with food. Can you tell us and our neighbors a little bit more about your journey with that? Yeah. So as I said, growing up, like literally food was just so basic in my life. There was no, it was not a huge role. Like I grew up in a very standard household. Like my mom cooked Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. And then we got pizza and then had like hot dogs on Saturday or something. Food was never like idolized. And I felt like I felt had a very healthy relationship with food until I went to college. And then I went to college and my first year was totally fine. I went to Penn state, very big school. And I always struggled to find my footing. And I was, I came from, I was my school president at my high school. So I came from being like, feeling like I knew everyone. I had a good relationship with a lot of people to going to this place where I felt like I was lost. And I came from a big high school. So I know Penn state's massive. So I thought I was going to be okay. And I really was like, you know what, should I do a sorority? Should I not? Um, And then I ended up not doing one. And then the next year I was like, you know what? I missed out. All these girls got all of their best friends. I didn't do a sorority. I'm going to do a sorority. And I got, and I rushed a sorority. My, I guess my sophomore year it was. And I had gone like on the last night or whatever. I was like secretly rushed into one of the top sororities at Penn state. And they like kept me under the radar. And I remember the girl told me on the press night and I was just so excited. I felt like on top of the world. And she was like, you're going to be the first, this is the stupidest thing, but she was like, you're going to be the first natural redhead in this sorority. And I just remember being like, Oh my God. But I remember being like, Oh my God, like, this is awesome. Like, wow. And then I didn't, and then I didn't get picked on the, on the last night. Wait, they took it back. They took it back. Oh, that's hateful. Yeah. And so I just remember being like, because I just felt like I wasn't good enough, you know, oh. and it felt like these a string of things that just were like, you aren't good enough. And I think honestly, with an eating disorder, it's kind of one of those things that I didn't have a traumatic, like a seriously traumatic event. I just had these like little cases of things happening where I just felt like the only thing I could control was like my food and my exercise. 
Mm-hmm. And my summer before going into my junior year, it had really started. And I just started to micromanage everything. And it got so bad that I had my parents pulled me out of school. So I ended up going to an outpatient treatment center in the Philadelphia area. And then I went three weeks later, I went to an inpatient center. So I was at an inpatient center for a month. And I remember being so incredibly fearful of that because mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I am a straight A student. I was the school, my school president. I get really good grades. I work really hard. I have a lot of friends. Like I'm an outgoing person and I have to go to an inpatient center. Like, what does that say for me? And then I got there and I realized that a lot of the girls that were there were also just like me. Yeah. And we all have the same habits and we all have the same tendencies and I'm not alone. Yeah. And you're a perfectionist too. And it's, it's like, like you said, micromanaging those little things that you could because everything else was a little chaotic and out of control. Exactly. It was like the one thing that I felt like I had control over. So I was there for like a month and then I spent the next, like, I guess like probably 18 months just seeing outpatient therapists and really doing hard work. I knew in the back of my head, like this was not going to be forever for me because I see a lot of people who stick with like their eating disorders are there until they're like 50, 60. And there's no way I want to have a family. I want to have kids. And freedom. I really, right. I want to be able to live on the weekends. Like all my, my, I was 20 and I was, I turned 21, like the month that I came out and like all my girlfriends are going out partying. And like, I was like missing out on a piece of that. Papa John's, the dipping sauce, all like, that. I would be missing the Papa John's dipping sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Just like even like being, not even being fearful of like late night eating or yeah. just like anything, just even going out on the weekend, going yeah. out with friends. Like, so it took a lot of work, but it was super helpful. And when I look back on it now, like I was so embarrassed to tell people, but now I'm like, I tell everyone because I'm like, first of all, I'm not alone. And this is not just me. There's so many people out there who either needed the treatment and haven't gotten it or went and did the exact same thing that I did. And as far as the healing process for you, was that really, was it a bunch of emotional work and discovering, you know, finding ways to validate yourself and your worth personally? What was that work? Yeah. So I did a lot of like, like my weight and stuff doesn't correlate to my value as a human. And I think that because I still, while I was going through the treatment, I really think that I did not still think I knew what I wanted for my future. And so it was really hard for me to see that. It's so weird how it happened. But honestly, when I started being like, I'm going to start a blog, I started to like see something for my future. And mm-hmm. I started to see what I was passionate about. And I cared less about being so rigid in my eating ways and exercise ways. Then I started like channeling that energy into building Aaron Lynn's hole in a way. And I started becoming so passionate and caring about like answering comments and DMs and, and making sure this blog that I had no idea how to build got up. And by finding something that I was like super passionate about, it really helped me step away from being so like almost like crazy in a way. But also like at the same time that I started to build my blog, I met my fiance. And so that was also my boyfriend at the time, obviously. But again, having something else that you're super passionate about and that you care about and that you realize I'm not just in my head all day long because I now have, I want to talk to Tom and I want to, we want to go out to dinners and we want to do stuff like that. And I also want to build my blog and I want to create new recipes and I want to test them and I want to, I have to be legit about it. So it was just like a perfect storm of things to take me away from being so obsessive. I really admire that you said, I didn't want this to be something that lived on. You know, I wanted to have babies and I wanted to have a future and I wanted to not have this stick with me till I was 50, 60 years old. When those 
thoughts come into your head? And, and we asked this actually of Kaylee Carter, mm-hmm. who had come on and spoke about how she transitioned herself and is now doing so incredibly well in acting in all of her roles. When those, you know, little demons come into your head sometimes, and maybe you're tasting too much, you know, something with a recipe or whatever it is. And you're like, I've just had a lot of this. How do you, what do you tell yourself? For me, I'm like, you know what? This is just another day. Like, this is just another day. I always say I have the rest of my life to be healthy if I want to. I can work out tomorrow. I can, I cannot. Also, like, I always know you have to live your life and you have to enjoy it. And I didn't, I missed out on that for so long, for like three years. And honestly, my days now are way fewer and far between that I have feelings like that because I feel like I have such a strong foundation and I'm so passionate about my job and I'm so passionate about like, my living situation and where I am and my friends and, and that it's for me, it's just like, I don't know, the days honestly don't even have, but if I do have them, I'm just kind of like, you know what, this might happen today, but I might feel better tomorrow. Yeah. You and don't I'll judge it. it and I'll let it happen. I find, I mean, I've never struggled with like, you know, what could be, I think fully defined as an eating disorder, but I definitely have struggled with control and over-exercise and, I, you know, I, I have a specific memory when you're talking about living your life where someone cooked me dinner for my birthday, but I was very specific about what I ate for dinner Monday through Thursday. And it was on a Wednesday. And I remember I cried because I had to go eat at someone else's house. And I was like, oh, okay, we got to like, like check this. Right. Like my friend yeah. was trying to do something kind for me. Yeah. Right. Like your routine is messed up. Everything with an eating disorder is like your routine and you have to like, you have a strict, strict schedule. And if you break that, then like, it's like you have a voice telling you it's super bad. It all falls apart. In my mind, it would all fall apart. And I find that the thing that's helped me the most is remembering that it is just a moment. It's a moment, drink some water, it's going to pass. And the more I try to control it, the worse it always got for me, the loud voices and even the overeating and things like that. So it was like, it's a practice of surrendering and choosing choosing yeah. something else. And it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that I, I like tell people a lot of when people are asking, like, how did you get over it? Like, what was the thing? Like, what was the thing that you made you better? And I say, there was not one thing, but the biggest practice that I took and that I like helped made people hold me accountable for was exposure therapy. So going to get ice cream and telling people early in the day, Hey, I want to get ice cream tonight, or Hey, I really need to get ice cream tonight. And then my mom, my parents would be like, all right, we're going to get ice cream. Like, even if I said, oh, I really don't want to, I really, really don't want to, they'd be like, no, we're going to do it. So I would expose myself to these situations that were very uncomfortable for me. And it really helped me because I knew how much I wanted to get better. And I know that exposure therapy works and it it really helped me a lot. Yeah. I mean, we both, Bevan and myself, like between our gymnastics and cheerleading and all of those things, like you grow up and you're very positioned to have a certain body type, right? You, you want to look a certain way. And for me, like I, I love McDonald's, you know, like I really enjoy McDonald's, but I also do know that there has to be that balance. And if I'm going to have that, and I also feel better. And I just, I wonder, you know, with that correlation too, like just with all the whole better foods, like I just know now that's where I want to stick to. And I don't want, it's like, while I enjoy, enjoy like the indulging, of course, from time to time, it's like, you just feel better overall. Yeah. By, by eating the right way and eating, having the greens and the good stuff, right? I feel like that's how you, I mean, just embracing all of that too, like you said, as a passion, definitely from what we're standing from, definitely it must've contributed to making you feel better too. Yeah, for sure. And I like, I mean, I cook, like you'll see all the most, majority of the recipes on Erin Lives Whole are like whole foods based recipes. So I don't use a lot of like processed or like low fat or like just like a lot of products with a ton of ingredients. Like I try to just make 
everything as whole as possible. That being said, I'm the first one. Like if, if you're watching my stories, like I, like last weekend we got pizza and then we went to takeout and we got fries and we got fried Brussels sprouts. And like, I, I preach this all the time, but there has to be a balance. There has to be, because you will drive yourself crazy. And I love the whole foods base and I will cook whole foods based in my house majority of the time, but I'm also a human and I cook other things and we make frozen dinners sometimes from Trader Joe's. And that's just the reality of the situation. But what I share in general, yeah, most of the recipes are like whole foods based, but I look at the, the trend of Erin lives whole. And when I look at the very beginning, I'm like, I don't know if I would make that again, because it's like, like the ingredients, it's like one dash of, of coconut oil. And now I'm like <laughs> half a cup. Yes. Pour it in. Yeah. As you like, as I've gotten older, I feel like, and more like established and comfortable with myself, I've realized like, okay, what's actually good and yeah. what do people really actually want? So totally. it's interesting. I feel like our bodies are these incredible machines that we try so hard to manipulate. I remember specifically my sister's friend looked at me once, Nancy Jane, and she had kind of struggled with really trying to just be restrictive. And she said to me, she was like, listen, eat whatever you want for a certain amount of time, like literally whatever it is, like your body's, if you are really, and I had a problem with like, not a problem. I would overindulge because I was trying to restrict so much. So I was so scared of letting myself even have one bite of pizza because that meant the whole pizza. So she was like, let yourself have whatever you want. She was like, let it go. Keep going. And she was like, eventually your body is going to balance out. And for me, someone who was physically active my whole life, who grew up with pretty decent eating habits, that's exactly what happened. It was like, she was like, you're going to gain weight for a little bit and then it's going to relax. And then it was like, as soon as I like ripped the bandaid off and let it go, it was all of a sudden like I was balancing. I was like, you know what? I do actually want a green today. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, that's so true that you said that like the same, same exact thing happened to me. So I was diagnosed clinically with anorexia, but it's very, very common for people who have restricted for so long to then go and start almost having like a binge mentality and start like, because they're like, oh my gosh, I'll never let myself have yeah. this again. And so I had, I had that too. It's just, you think you're failing and you're out of control and then, but you almost have to go through that mm -hmm. in order to get to this place where you're like, yeah, I can have a slice of pizza. I can have the greens on the side and I don't feel like I have to go eat the entire pie or I can only eat the greens. Cause you know, you can have pizza again tomorrow if you right. want it again tomorrow. Like, I think that was exactly. it. That was the mentality of like, I am this is the only time I'm ever going to get it. So I got to have it all. Right. Totally. Exactly. So interesting. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. We, we really appreciate that. And along with that comes putting yourself out there and what we call like a Pandora's box of its own filled with a lot of chatter, right? <laughs> From others, good and bad. And we noticed that a few weeks back, you had shared on your Instagram and in stories that someone commented, or it was a DM that was meant for someone else, but they send it to you. You all know and, what we're talking about when somebody's talking shit and they accidentally yeah. send it to you instead of the person that they were going to talk behind your back. Yeah. You it's a, yes. I, I, we've, we've all gotten them. And then the person tries to cover it up. And they're like, oh, I, yeah. I'm just like, I know what you said. But, but so you had this happen to you. And we want to know how now growing, you know, as much as you have, how do you block out these unwarranted and, and sometimes hateful comments? Like, how do you deal with all of this? It, it is hard because I understand. And like, I think about it, like we've all been there. Like we've all wanted to send a text or we have sent a message to someone and been like, oh, blah, blah. But now it like, now because it's happened to me so many times, I think twice before sending it. Cause I'm just like, well, what if it did fall on her lap? 
I know how it makes me feel. Could I look her in the eye and say it? Yes. Right. And I had this girl who had sent me a message and it was about some part of my body being fat. And if you're a longtime follower, which I'm pretty sure she was because we had DMs before, you know my history. And I know she didn't mean for it to go to me. So she wasn't trying to directly call me that, but it went to me. And she did. She felt really bad. She apologized twice. And I just was, I don't know. I don't think I even answered because I was just like kind of, whatever. I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I have to remember that I will get that forever. Just choosing to be on the internet because right now everyone, not only are they about like, not like, I don't know, just like going off on each other, but also cancel culture. And it's like, how quickly can we cancel this person? Or like, like, let's just make this person look bad. And just everyone hides behind their screens. As we all know, we've all heard that. And people say that all the time. So I just have to remember, like, you know what, maybe she's really unhappy in some way in her life. And there's something that's that maybe it also had to do with my engagement ring. So, so, and she said that's me nasty about my engagement ring. So (laughs) it was just like, it was just, I I can't tell if she engaged or like, there you go. There, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That person needs to find happiness in a lot of areas. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I know get that, 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 yeah, yeah, I get laid. Um, and that the thing about it for me is like, it's okay. Like I know I choose to put a lot of stuff out there and I come on every day to my stories unfiltered. Like I don't look like a princess on my stories every day and I show up and I'm just, I'm like, here's the real me. And there's going to be people that don't like it. If I walk, if I walk too close to a grocery store, people are asking me why I'm out traveling right now. Cause it's the coronavirus. If I do anything like it, I, I'm going to get it. So I have to just realize that like, all right, I need really thick skin. And it took a little while, but you know what? Some people just don't have anything better to do. Yeah, it is truly a reflection of them and not a reflection of you and living your life. But it still stings. It still hurts. Like we can know that deep down, but to see it, it hurts. You know what I do, Erin? I have started liking all the hateful comments and all of the responses. A company that I put on a national show decided to take a clip of their clip and put it on their social media and promote it to hundreds of thousands of people. And there were a lot of comments and I'm not even tagged in it. It's just a showing up on my stuff right now because I research them all the time. And not only am I pregnant in this particular clip, but I'm also wearing a very nice faux leather dress that is very on trend. But does everyone in the world know that? No, they do not. So the comments, it's absolutely absurd. And I just am liking all of them, all of them. And then there are people fighting with other people and they're like, she's pregnant, bro. And like going off and I'm like, thank you. And liking their comments too. And I haven't even responded to like the hateful ones, you got to laugh at this point and you, but you do have to, that took years also of putting yourself out there and knowing that it's just going to come. And Bevan has had this for gazillion, gazillion years. But when your show came on, Bevan, I don't think like there wasn't that extra element. Imagine if everybody mm-hmm. was commenting on every episode on Instagram and all the things. Oh, mean, we had who? threads on like the internet. There were like, yes. there were like Wandry Hill threads and the one that like, you know, I was always as a young kid, super insecure about my chin because the Prince family chin is very defined and, <laughs> and like it is a, it is a badge of honor now to us. But at the time I was young and somebody was like, Oh, she's so ugly. You could use her chin as a towel rack. And I was like, Oh my God. I can laugh now, but at the time though, I was 20 and I was like, I need to get this shaved. I am like, you know, all these things. And like, thank God I didn't. And thank God life experiences happened that built us up. In some ways it's almost like for you, Aaron, it feels like everything you already went through 
prior to being in the public eye was there in some ways to prepare you for some of the the feedback, not feedback, because it's not constructive at all, but what people are saying to you, you know, it's like, it taught you how to like trust in who you are and know your self worth. And I honestly say like, I people ask me all the time, like, about the eating disorder. And I always say like, I would never, ever, ever trade that for the world. Like my situation, I would never trade it because it has made me a super, like I was never confident in my skin ever. And I honestly feel like I have become so comfortable. I'm like, I don't care what I look like. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like my mom will sometimes DM me and be like, you know, you just like worked out and you, you don't look the greatest. You sure you want to go on stories saying this? Your mom oh, sounds yeah, like I ours. Do. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> totally our moms. Totally. I mean, you Bevin's make mom running down your face. Yeah. I'm like, mom, like, <laughs> hey, doesn't matter. <laughs> they yeah. can join the Pat and Babs. Club. Oh, she can join the Pat that. and Babs club for sure. Yeah. That's so funny. I know. So it's just like, for me, I feel like honestly, there's nothing that anyone can really say or do that will make me feel like I ever need to go back to my old ways. It's just not. I know that my life right now is exponentially better than my life was before. And I've worked hard to get here and people are going to say things and people are going to, as long as I'm on the internet, people are going to say things forever. And they will, even if I'm not on the internet. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just happens. Right. It's just the way that you roll with it and be like, you know what, that's, that's not going to let that bother me today. Sometimes when I'm in my most elevated version of myself and and I see things like that, or I hear it or whatever it is, somehow it comes to me, I can like sit back and be like, I'm actually going to say a little like prayer for you. I hope you heal. Like, (laughs) I hope you get find the peace that you need today. Like, because this isn't about me and it's not about my chin and it's not about my abs. It's about you and and your pain. So definitely is a lot of people just like project their stuff on other people. It still sucks though. People yeah, suck sometimes. Suck. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. Now that you have Bevan on your team, watch out. If I know. Anybody, <laughs> if anybody goes after you, I didn't even I show it. her any of the other stuff from some yeah. of the shows. I know. I was, I was you like, just revealed that to me now and I was like, hmm. I did because she would go and answer all those people Every single one, one by one. But yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Switching gears, we wanted to make sure we covered one of your most recent launches. Congratulations on this new 48 recipe ebook, Simply Whole. I mean, that's 48 recipes. That's a lot. I think I have yeah, three. <laughs> well, this is like, for me, I've always put all my recipes online. So everything you can get is directly on erinlinsoul.com. And I kind of was like, I really would love to sell some sort of product that is not like a full-blown cookbook but something that I can sell, I guess, essentially forever because it's online at the digital print. And I, I guess I've been doing my blog since 2017. So like three and a half years now. And since about six months in, people are like, you have a place that you sell your recipes. And I always said, no, no. And then quarantine happened. And that was like, well, I have so much time now. Like now would be the perfect time to do it. So I kind of just like, all right. So I've had a lot of like recipes written down if I was ever going to do an ebook or a book of some sort. And I kind of wanted it to be like lightened up classics. So like there's like a, there's like a healthier hamburger helper recipe in there. There's like sloppy joes. And a lot of it's just like, I'm adding in extra veggies and I'm using like whole based ingredients. Like I'm using like coconut sugar instead of like white sugar in your sloppy joes or whatever else is in there to make it sweet. But just trying to make easy recipes for people, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts, so that they can prep them ahead of time for work or whatever they want to do. I know we're all home right now, but it's been awesome selling it because I had a lot of people that really want to support me. And I tried to just make it like an affordable 
price because I really wanted anyone because I have a lot of college girls who follow me and I have a lot of people who are single and single moms who follow me and just people in general just don't want to spend a million dollars on a book. And I, that's just not realistic for me. So I said, well, something that I would spend. So it's, it's 1497 and it's, I think it's worth it. That's awesome. (laughs) It definitely is. No, I, I'm very, really excited just because I'm trying to, I have to prepare some meals right now. I'm not, I don't, it's not someone who thinks ahead in terms of my meals because I'm literally, I try to like peel myself off the computer to try to go and cook. And that's my, been my problem. But also in having a new baby soon, I know that mm-hmm. I'm going to need to have meals prepped. So my sister-in-law is coming and she's, she's like, Brittany, we're doing a day. Like we're going to do it and I'm going to take hard. you away from your computer and we're going to have meals prepped. And I'm like, Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you should make like chilies or enchiladas or breakfast burritos or. Yeah. She like bought an extra fridge. She was amazed. She's definitely listening. She bought another fridge to house all of her stuff when she had a baby. And I saw that fridge and I was like, oh my God. And she's like, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it. And I'm coming. I'm like, okay. So I can't wait to dive in. And yeah, I you got to share with us what you make from the book and I let us know to, I promise you, I actually am really going to do this. And I know like, and Bevan laughs too, because it's like, really like, she'll, I'll be talking to her and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to go make dinner for my family right now. <laughs> I have all these other deadlines and all this other shit going on, but it's like, it is really smart to have it just done. And then yeah. who knows, you know, my husband, yeah. who knows what's going that's on. I love, we, that's how we do it too. I cook on Mondays and Tuesdays typically. So like I try to keep like a schedule because a lot of the times like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of cooking, but a lot of stuff is computer work. Like I'm sure you guys both know, like I I get to do what I really like to do like two days of the week. Yeah. So if I'm making like three recipes in in one day, like we're not going to eat all of that. So I'll freeze it. And then just we'll eat it throughout the rest of the week or like the next week if I didn't cook or anything. But like my freezer is my best friend, honestly. (laughs) I freeze everything. I just love your approach to it. Like instead of, you know, it's not about, not having comforting food. It's just changing a few things to make it really whole food, like from the earth food. And that will make you feel good and also can probably aid to weight loss for people. I think so many people want to switch so quickly when they come to, I mean, obviously I'm in the fitness world. I watch all the time people come in and they start to get obsessive about exercising too. And it's like, it's tiny little choices over time. It's like putting the different flour in as opposed to the white flour. You know, it's, it's this yeah. tiny little things that add up. And that's what I like. Cause it doesn't feel overwhelming. Right. These are like baby steps that people can take. And it's just like, honestly, a lot of the times it makes you feel, feel better because the foods that you're putting in aren't like essentially crap. And you will never, I don't think you will ever eat one of my meals and leave being like, I'm still hungry because they're not like, that's not the point of them. They're, mm-hmm. The point of them is that they're there, it's like the same version of a dinner. Like if I say, if my fiance can eat that and he leaves and he said, I'm satisfied. Like that was so good. And the point of it is just like replace those other ingredients with stuff that actually makes you feel good. It fuels you a little bit. So where can we find this book? How can we all get our hands on it? Yeah. So it is on my website. There is a, so erinlivesholed.com and there is an ebook tab. And if you go to that, you can, uh, you can purchase it right through there. Awesome. It's a great gift too, guys. I know this will be coming out, I think right before the holidays, I believe. So that's fabulous. And then if, especially if you have to, if you have to send something across the country to ones that you can't travel to. And you want to make sure it gets there because it's right. not going through the mail. <laughs> the shipping problems. I'm already starting people. UPS, I have, that, that's my life is UPS and FedEx all day, every day. I just had one other question for you in terms of content and trying to to cultivate that new content. Maybe this is for a selfish reason, because sometimes I feel like I am on, like I am on fire, but 
I get writer's block sometimes, or it just doesn't come to me. How do you keep sourcing new stuff? Yeah. So just in general with recipes, I try to think like seasonally. So what is popular for each season? Pinterest is my best friend because I'll Google, I'll think like, oh, so okay. So we know the Super Bowl is always in January. So let me come up with three more Super Bowl recipes, like appetizer recipes. But then in general, like I pull my audience all the time. I say like, what kind of recipes do you guys want to see? What kind of sweets do you want to see? I try to get specific because then the more specific I am, the more specific they are. And most of my recipes come from a suggestion from someone else. So if someone's like, I really, really, what did someone say recently? Oh, I really want you to make a healthier shepherd's pie. So like Mm. like a few weeks ago, I went and was like, all right, so I'm going to do something like cauliflower mash on top. I'll use turkey, we'll add a ton of veggies in. And that's just how my process works. I will pull my audience, honestly, like once a month for recipes or just content inspo in general. Like, what do you guys want to see in my newsletters? What do you guys want to see? And I get really good feedback. So I feel like like just asking people around you and asking people who care about what you're putting out there, they'll, they'll respond. I love that. That's awesome. So what, this is selfishly for me too, favorite holiday recipe right now? Okay. So, so I need I, a sweet and a savory. Okay, so from my blog. <laughs> yes. Okay. So a, a sweet would definitely be the pecan pie bars on mm. my blog. They are like one of the most popular airless. I saw those today. They're, like, they're really good. They're, when people share these with other people, they are like, no one had any idea this was not made with any white sugar or anything in it. And it it's that good. I'm so excited. And then humble brag. Um, and then savory. That's hard. I have a chicken pot pie soup, which is not really like holidays, but it's like more like winter. Any chilies. I love like butternut squash chili I have. Mm. I'm a big soup girl. So I also just made a buffalo chicken soup, which is really good. So I love mm. spicy. So I have a lot of like chilies and soups and I have a lot, I do, I honestly, like, I feel like I'm my mom, but I have a lot of casseroles on there now. I'm like, I have a buffalo chicken casserole. I love it when it's all in one place, the food, yeah. like everything's like, stacked up. Stick it in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything to make it just a little bit easier with the less steps. Yes. Oh, for me, and it's the bite. The bite the is bite then like, it. dan- oh, it's layered. I'm talking about the easy. <laughs> Yeah, the bite. You never have to worry about me with the bites and anything else with the food. Uh, everything is good to me. I put anything in front of me. I'm just like, thank you so much for just. Oh, fun. I love it. I yeah. so appreciate it, and I, I would love. I'm just pissed. I don't live next to you, or we all don't live together. I know. I know. <laughs> Something. But Aaron, thank you so so much. For- thank you taking the time to sit down with us, sharing more of your personal story. I know you are helping so many people every single day. We are so excited to continue to watch you grow and do what you love to do. And now you have two new fans that will be cooking and recipe experimenting with all of your good stuff. And I'll be requesting recipe. (laughs) Exactly. And we just are so excited to, to have met you. And thank you so much again. Thank you both so much for having me. It was an honor. Yes, we will see you soon. Happy holidays.